Welcome to Experts of Tomorrow. I'm Robin. And I'm Laura. And we are two millennials tackling life's big challenges and little annoyances. So, we call us millennials, and I know that's accurate, but I've always, like, we're old millennials. We we're the elder. Old. We're elder millennials. We're not old yes. millennials. That's, I identify as elder. <laughs> we're wise millennials. I mean, no, that's accurate. There's like some 20 something millennials running around and giving us a bad name, but like each generation has its challenges and like, what would you rather be? Yeah. And Gen- there's also Gen Z is also running around giving us a bad name too. So. Well, Gen Z is running around telling everyone they're old because they're the youngest generation. I mean, that's basically their role. Yes. It's only shocking to us because we're used to being the youngest generation and now we're not anymore. So and like very rude of this next generation existing. So rude. I mean, it would be more rude if they weren't out there like beating the drum of racial justice, which frankly, I appreciate. It's fair. Um, so I, I don't know how this will play on podcasts, but I'm super excited. I got a package from my friend, Michael, who lives in Florida. Oh, do you know up? what he, do you know what he sent me? No. Here's a hint, Robin. It's a Disney park bag. And I got super excited. Okay. I love Disney. You're right. This is not going to play on an audio only. All right. She's holding up a bag that says Disney on it. What's in the bag, Laura? I identified that it was a Disney bag. And then he got me like six six, uh, tiny bags of Mickey pretzels. (laughs) All right. And I was just like super excited and I'm going to eat them. I'm going to eat so, them all. What is it with you and Disney? Because like, I, I can't act normal on video if I know no one's going to see it. I'm just going to be doing weird shit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with my hair. Okay. No. What is it with you and Disney though? I love Disney. It's know, super What is it about? It's super fun. It's a giant playground and it's for like adults and kids and it's like very fantasy-esque and I worked there for six months and it was super fun. It was the best way to see Disney is six months in for free during the college program, which is currently canceled due to the pandemic. Sorry, kiddos. Yeah. Um, um, I did it a decade ago and I just like thoroughly enjoyed my time. The more further I get away from the experience, the more fondly I remember it. Um, so like deleting all like the negative aspects of it. It's just super fun because like it's a it's a fandom. I'm super into fandoms. I'm not like a crazy Disney fanatic. I'm just like mildly obsessed. So like sure. there are like like people who are like way too into it that like take. There are people who seriously. like wake up in the morning and they're like I'm Belle from Beauty and the Beast and like they go about their day. Yeah, and so like that's like great for them. That's like what they like love and like you whatever. Have but I'm um, have a space for that. But but I like. Just I, I fantasy I don't like it I I I, I enjoy it it's fun okay people are very a, nice people are very nice basically. have you seen the new Disney TikTok trend I don't know what is the I mean, like, I'm on Disney TikTok well so, I'm on all TikTok because if you spend enough time on it and I do you'll get to everything um Okay, time out to let you know that I'm pretty sure there's a census person at my building, but they did not knock on my door. Did you do your census? Of course, like the first day. I, 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 got, a, I got a letter and I did it immediately. So Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like it was, it's like voting. I was like, I got to do this. 
Well, to be honest with voting, I always put it off because they, they bring me the ballot with too much time. This is a tangent on a tangent, but first of all, they need to bring me the ballot when it's due the next day or like two days from now. Because every once in a while I miss one because I like, I think I'm going to spend a ton of time reading it. And then I like miss the day, which is very disappointing because they track that. And then they like text you later and tell you that you're a disappointing citizen. Well, I mean, you can check later. They, they don't like proactively tell you you're disappointing. But for the census, yeah, I don't know. I thought like if I didn't do it, someone was going to come to my house, which actually is happening. All right. Three, I wanted them to knock on the door because that would have been a cool bit for the podcast. Four, the TikTok trend I'm trying to tell you about. I don't know why I'm listing this. They're not related items. I'm just trying to keep them in order. Okay. The TikTok trend is people illustrating the princesses like digital drawing program, like mm -hmm. illustrate or something to make them look like what they would really look if they were the correct proportions. And it's really cool because people duet it. And if you're not on TikTok, a duet means like two side-by-side -side videos. And, and so people do edit and it'll be like a woman who's actually that nationality. And the cool thing is a lot of times when they get done, it looks like the real person. Like it, it starts to look like a real person and it's neat. So that's a trend I feel like you could appreciate because they're making Disney princesses look, look like real people as opposed to like Animated. their eyes, 50% of their face. That's fair. Yeah. No, I've not seen that trend. I, I have a lot of cosplay. How was like the cosplay? Because like my partner has a lot of cosplay too. I don't really understand how you get on. I'm sure I'm not on it because every time it comes up, I'm like, ugh, move on. And like, I don't have any problem with other people doing it. I just, I have never been attracted to like a lot of like sci-fi fantasy types of things. Like, it, yes, that's why I like Disney, and you don't. I go. I know. It's okay. We're still friends. I mean, if you ever go to Disney, you better go with me, though, because I'll be very upset with you if you go not with me. Who's going to go with me out here? The swimmers? The triathletes? The I mean, freelance writers? <laughs> I mean, Disney probably has, like, a triathlon thing that they are doing with Iron Man sponsored by Coca-Cola. Okay. Like, Can it's... talk about Iron Man. And yes. All right. There's a lot going on. First of all, triathlon is not a very inclusive sport, meaning... All the things that you think that that means there's there's very few people of color much less black triathletes and there's just it's a sport that people always say like oh they did a study on people who've completed an iron man and their average income is much higher than a than a regular person and like the and then the average income in the u.s and i am here to tell you that that is not because doing triathlon makes you earn more money it's because it is so expensive that you are not going to be able to do it unless you have a decent income. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, there's going to be those one-offs, but the bulk of people who can afford to spend 10 to 20 hours a week training, 20 is kind of extreme if you're an amateur, but like minimum, minimum, minimum 10 hours a week training for an Ironman, get all the equipment, fly their bike and all their stuff somewhere, stay in a hotel, eat a bunch of meals at restaurants and pay the entry fee, which I mean, I signed up for a half and it was like $250. And that was a cheap one. Cause I went, I was going to go up to Canada to do it. And that was my whole shtick, right? I was going to save money cause I was going to drive. We were going to stay at an Airbnb and all the things. Okay. And the race was canceled because of COVID excellent choice. Iron Man has chosen to take no stand, no stand whatsoever on in the cause of 
racial justice, not a black box on Instagram, which is like a very low bar, not any kind of like vague, like inclusive, like we want to be inclusive kind of statement, literally to the point, uh, I need to stop saying literally, but to the point of deleting comments where people are saying, are you going to address this at all? Because it is an issue for them. There's a, there's a diversified triathlon movement happening now, which is super cool. And I think Smash Fest Queen is selling their gear, if anyone listening is in the triathlon world. So there's a lot of positive things happening in this idea of like getting more people involved. But so first, first, way back when, Iron Man angered me by refusing to let equal numbers of professional female triathletes as professional male triathletes attend the world championship Iron Man in Kona, which happens every year. Because first they bar women from doing the race. And then when they finally let them in, they penalize them for quote, being not as interested as men. That makes me mad. And when confronted about this a million times, like Iron Man CEO, Andrew Messina, keeps saying that we're gonna have proportional representation. And that is so sexist, okay? Super sexist. Because you can't tell women they can't do it and then penalize them for not doing it which is exactly what's happening. Okay, so that's my first beef. My second beef is the lack of racial representation and diversity and they're complete, like they're not handling it. And my third complaint is that right now they canceled races and they're not offering any refunds or they're not offering like vouchers or anything. They're trying to get people to sign up for races in the future. So in my case, seriously, in my brain, I was just like, I need to tone this down a little bit because it's such a first world problem. I get it. Okay, but so my race was canceled for May of this year, then pushed to May of next year, and they gave me like a few options. Spoilers, none of the options were within driving distance except for the 2021 of the same race. Okay, your face looks so bored right now. <laughs> I don't know if I like video podcasting. You <laughs> I love you, I but I, I have I have walked this journey with you. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's already heard this story. And I know okay. it doesn't end well. So it does not. <laughs> it does not. I'm sorry, I'll fix my face. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you're interested. Audience members, be better than Laura. So they so they then they cancel the 2021 race in the exact same location and they offer me like 10 options, which include St. George, Utah, 15 hour drive. Florida, I don't know, 700 hours away. Texas, also 500 hours away, like all over the place. There was one option in an adjoining state, month and day of month to be determined. That was an option they wanted me to select. And then once you select, you're locked in, no refunds. So I wrote to them, I asked for a refund and they said, you're gonna just need to pick one of these races. And I said, none of these are within driving distance. You don't have a date for this one. And they were back and said, I'm sorry, we're not offering refunds at this time. So then I spent probably an inordinate amount of time with my credit card company trying to dispute the charge because I feel like if they had come out and said, listen, like we're here to support the community. We want equal opportunities for women and minorities. And we're here to like build something. We don't have money for refunds, but if this is important to you, then accept that and move on. I would have had no problem. I would have had like a little bit of problem. I would have complained to you and five other people and then been silent. But now I just feel like they're, they're, not they're messing up on so many levels. 
Yeah. And it's like, at least like be transparent about why you're not offering a refund or why you're canceling a race that's like really far out in the future. I think I know why. I think that like, if it's more than six months, they can get their money back. And so they're, you know, they're canceling stuff like preemptively, but asking people to sign up for a race that would require a flight with COVID happening, it just, I even asked, I'm like, okay, I've, if you don't give me money, could you give me like a credit? also actually they just didn't respond at that point and i am not carrying the situation i'm not yelling at them i'm sending them short polite emails with direct requests i don't have it in me i don't have it in me to like yell at someone in real like irl but you know strongly worded email absolutely no i didn't even do a strongly worded email i just you did a polite request i think yeah and then i was like all right fine i don't think i'm gonna get anything from the credit card company because i think they're just gonna say that they have a clause in their terms and conditions that allows them to cancel the race because they do for like weather and stuff but they didn't even cite COVID. they're just like we're not doing this one pick another yeah. race yeah so it's really sad it feels yeah. like my and i know you've been working like really hard and very diligently for like the last five years yeah to be able to do this so like that's why like you're very passionate about it and that's why it sucks because like this thing that you've been like working towards and like building up to and I know you've talked about it for a lot of time uh, for I don't, I don't need your validation you're bored <laughs> I was not trying to validate you Robin I was telling the listeners oh my gosh all 10 no, of them I mean there's okay that's yeah. Robin's mom Robin's dad <laughs> what's up parents yeah no i mean there's other like iron distance races and stuff it just i don't know it seemed kind of iconic it was this dream i love watching kona every year i'm still gonna watch kona every year like i don't know yeah i know and it's um about triathlon and in, and in a lot of ways it's it's like an inconsequential thing it's just it was it, yeah i mean i'm not the even one saying thing. i'm not gonna still do it right like it's this I'm just really disappointed in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, everything is changing, but, like, to, to not acknowledge the change seems very disingenuous, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, how many people are going to follow up and see, like, when Fred Meyer says, we're committed to having a more just and inclusive environment for our team? Most of their shoppers are not going to read the fine print and try to figure that out. So mm -hmm. I feel like the least you can do is make a nod. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was a very cranky segment. I feel kind of bad. Don't feel bad. It's how you feel. Um, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to have emotions, Robin. You're allowed to be complex. But yeah. Yeah. So for me, classes start for the fall semester in two weeks and i just got my first syllabus for one of my classes and it's like <laughs> a lot of things to read and like another book that was not listed on the original bookstore webpage so like i there ordered that today um so yeah i'm like super excited i'm doing two different courses one on organizational change and another on um management across cultures which i think oh, should be very super very timely very Is timely Taught by a white person to a group of white people? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> well, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's, it looks like it's a good, um, 
enough textbooks and um, Harvard <laughs> Business Review. I thought you were going to say it was good. Like, it looks like it's a good enough resource. Yeah, I mean, like part of it, part of the challenge with a doctoral level program is that a lot of books are written for the undergraduate level or they are papers, right? They're not, they're not a whole lot of graduate level textbooks just because there's not a huge market for it and lots of reasons or whatever. So it can be like an oversimplification sometimes. So hopefully um, it looks, it looks pretty solid. Um, and I've had this professor before, um, she did, uh, she did leadership and she was like super good and I enjoyed her classes. It's going to be online, which I'm super excited for. Um, and so that'll be challenging um, in and of itself, but I think we have a strong enough cohort that we'll be able to like make it work. Um, and you know each other already. You know yeah, we're already. established and we know each other. So, um, and this also definitely helps because um, one of the people in the cohort has a immunocompromised child, and so she would not be able to participate if we were doing in-class um, things. So I think it's really good that yeah. you know we're kind of doing. Did you see um, Sanjay Gupta's article? I think it was in CNN about why he's not sending his teenage daughters to school. No, tell me it about was, it. It was actually really good. He talked. A, I mean, I felt like he covered both sides pretty well. Like you talked about kids, social development, like psych psychosocial needs and like potential psychological issues that are going to arise and then how he weighed it for his family. But, you know, you were talking about, we were talking about you knowing your professor already. So he was going to let his girls go and meet their teacher in person, which was kind of interesting. So he's like, so they can have some kind of connection. Like it's, this is not a talking head. It's like not a complete, complete stranger. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's super interesting to me because like we've had a couple virtual interns now. We had one who started off in person then went virtual and I never met her because we, um, you worked remotely pandemic. before. Yeah. Yeah. I was working remotely and I would have gone to my office, but the, then the pandemic hit and then we have an intern now that was all remote. So the only like getting to know him we ever had was phone calls and video calls. So it's kind of like an interesting situation. I thought that was like an interesting compromise. And then he said his family, they're trying it for two weeks and they're, then they're going to see because they have one of those hybrid school districts where uh, <laughs> the teachers are getting worked to death and whatever. But I also realized today, actually on TikTok, that even if the kids go to school, what I've seen in like teacher videos is it's so different, especially for little kids, like all the upholstery has gone, couches, rugs, curtains, um, even like little libraries that they had. And like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a room with like a hard floor, hard walls, like plastic cubbies for their stuff, desks six feet apart. I'm almost like wondering, is that, is that still psychologically better than being home? I mean, I guess it is, but it's, yeah, there's a lot of complexity and a lot of different layers to it. Yeah. Cause there's, um, a lot of a lot of learning that happens especially for children that happens to kind of like outside of the prescribed learning and like socialization oh, and right. like those kinds of things that they can't talk anyway right or like what are they going to yell at each other across a six foot distance while eating lunch like it i mean yes i would expect suspect so and also like it'll be hard for smaller children to respect the six feet because like you know you forget you're a kid yeah. it's not a thing so yeah um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting time. We're 
the university that I work for is going like mostly online um, with a few exception of like clinicals or like um, studios courses. So like you studied music. So like your classes would have, those music classes would have been in person, but. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely the ensemble work, right? Mm -hmm. I think they, I, I mean, honestly, Zoom sound quality is probably not good enough to. Right. So that's why they're still meeting in person for those, like those types of studio courses and like clinicals and labs and those types of things that have those on so weird. I wonder what my conservatory is doing, you know? Like, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot harder. We have students like moving in some students coming from like out of state and like they're required to come two weeks early so that they can self quarantine for two weeks, especially from those uh, states for like Ohio has like, labeled different states as like hot spots or whatever so if you're coming from that <laughs> state you have to like quarantine so for two weeks <laughs> yeah so we're not florida so um so yeah it's just it's just crazy um yeah. all those kinds of things so it's it's been it's been a real uh learning curve and kind of like pivoting in the moment and kind of like adjusting um that way um with both like my like schoolwork and then also like with my work work yeah so yeah yeah I've never spent this much time trying to figure out video like I just the two hours before this or whatever I was doing all this stuff in iMovie because it's a free video editing software and like just today I figured out like if I have a recorded video zoom interview I can put in I, I, I added a title under my interviewee. I added a logo under myself. I already knew how to do music and then like putting in like photos, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, not complex stuff if you're a video producer, <laughs> but uh, Laura's making faces. But, you know. I was, trying to, I was trying to be engaged. I'm trying to be engaged? Yeah. All right. Listen up here. <laughs> No, I actually, I know the struggle is real because um, I do a lot of webinar recordings and it's not that I'm not engaged, but sometimes when you are the webinar host, you have to like, there's like Q&A from the audience. There's a private chat from whoever is like organizing the webinar. There's probably people texting you if anything wonky is happening. And then there's like the actual presentation and then there's like background, like you can manipulate slides in the background and stuff. And it's just like, I sometimes, do, if you see a webinar and the host appears calm and is like looking straight ahead, that is a ninja because <laughs> things have happened <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> you're just like, what do you mean it's frozen? Or like, you think it's frozen, but it's not frozen, but it is frozen, but no one can see, but it's frozen for you. So just go on ahead. And like, it's all well and good. Once you've done five or 10 of them, it's all good. But I mean, there's a lot happening. And just like the whole Zoom thing, it's, it's an amazing, Zoom is amazing. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> all right. So do you have an adventure update or was that your... Um... Oh, I have an adventure update. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I don't even know which way to go on this. I'll do the, <laughs> I'll do the lost anchor story, okay. which I think I told you about. But um, basically, we were sailing recently, and 
I mean, we were doing the sailing equivalent of an out and back, which if you're like a runner or a biker or just a human with a brain, you know what that is. So we were going- kind I don't of know like, what that is. What is that? It just means like you start at point A, you go to point B and you come back to point A the same way that you start, you went. So awesome. like there's like a point to point, which is like you start at A and you go to B and then like there's two cars or like a loop, obvious, and then point to point. So- we wanted to stop in the middle of the day and like have some lunch and like chill for a second. So we sailed under this big bridge and we were kind of like looking for a spot and there was like a lot of other boat traffic. And I mean, there's all sorts of rules of sailing, which I don't know, but we sail in water where, where you can't see the bottom. And like, I don't know. I just thought you put the anchor down, you pull the anchor back up. Occasionally the anchor gets stuck on things. So the anchor's in the front of the boat. So we anchor and then like, we just cannot get the anchor back up. So I'm steering and my partner is doing the difficult work of like trying to yank it up and then, and it's horrible. I mean, there's like a winch involved, but the anchor is uh, 25 pounds. I think the whole thing with the chain is like 50 pounds and there's like 25 feet of chain at the end of the rope. So he like gets it up to a certain point and we realize that there is a steel cable stuck in the anchor. Like somehow, for some reason, there is a not insignificantly thick steel cable along the bottom of this river where it would have been... I don't know, 25, 30 feet deep, like two knot current, so fast current, and like in a place with not, with like a decent amount of traffic. So like if the water had been completely still and calm and quiet, maybe like we could dive down and get it. And by we, I probably mean the partner because like I can dive, but that's scary. Yeah. And it just, there's this whole like maneuver you can do. If the anchor's stuck, you basically, you maneuver the boat like left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right to try to like, you know, like pull a little this way, pull it a little the opposite way. Because what you're thinking is that the anchor is stuck on something like organic, mm-hmm. of rock. I don't know what's down there, but. Funk just, of some kind. Yeah. So at a certain point, like. We're having trouble letting it go because anchors are not cheap. And at a certain point, you've put in X number of minutes slash hours and you're just like, I'm not like, no. Ah! Um, and, and we're just like, we're doing everything. And like seeing the anchor is so, or like seeing, yeah, seeing the anchor and then not being able to get it is super frustrating. So I think what we learned is not to anchor in fast current and not to anchor in the middle of the river (laughs) because I mean I I think we both had a sense of like maybe this isn't the best but it also kind of seemed like well anchoring is anchoring like what's the big deal what's the worst that can happen you lose the anchor yeah we lost the anchor but we didn't lose I forget there's like two parts and I think we just we got the one part but not the other maybe the chain maybe the there's like a thing that it hooks on to this is where my terminology fails me. And if you lose both, it's like double the money. So we just lost one, but it sucks. I mean, you have to cut it and like, and then there, and then like the maneuvers that we tried to do to get it out were super stressful to me. <laughs> to me, it's just like at a certain point, like my partner had like rigged up, he's like super handy and he rigged up some sort of pulley system so we could generate more force. 
but ultimately like there is a clip like a cleat on the front of the boat and we felt like that was starting to come loose and that is a big problem so like you know it's like we got to a certain point where like maybe we could rip this thing off or maybe we're going to rip this other thing off the boat which is not good so after that we were still kind of not done because we mm -hmm. were we decided to like it was a two-day trip and mm -hmm. so we ended up docking at a public dock so you can just tie off with a rope because we were both like i'm not anchoring this thing again today it just Fair. felt like we have a backup anchor but just the thought of it was too much <laughs> like i'm done done so Here for it but you made it home you made it home safely and the boat's fine we made it home safely the boat's fine a replacement anchor was procured but unfortunately it's like two inches too long to go in the little spot where you put the anchor, which also has a name that I don't know, but you know, it's like a little the pocket or whatever patch in the front of the boat. Mm -hmm. And if you have like a big, fancy, expensive boat, this is like automated, and the anchor hangs off the front. And nah, 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 yacht people, but like if you, <laughs> if you have a little boat and you're not spending a shit ton of money on this stuff, like you gotta you gotta make this work. So now we have a new anchor, but the anchor doesn't fit in the thing, so it's just sitting inside and um uh, my partner knows how to weld and so he's talked about just like cutting a little piece off of it or something i don't know what we're gonna do but um our anchor woes are not completely behind us but i feel like we learned something and also if anyone knows the reason for the steel cabling 25 feet down yeah let us know reach out very curious <laughs> very curious let us know. Excellent. All right. I think that's enough experting or lack thereof for me for one day. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week or next year. <laughs>